This is the Chronicle Podcast, and we are here to bring you top-notch pro wrestling and sports entertainment, information, and analysis. We also bring you general entertainment, societal talks, and much more. This podcast is hosted on Spotify for podcasters. To keep you informed is our top priority. Please like, subscribe, and share. And now, your host, Samuel Lyon. Hello and welcome to the Chronicle Podcast. This is Samuel Lyon. It's a Tuesday Morning Takes, Episode 8. I sincerely apologize um, for all the weeks we've missed. It's a lot going on uh, for us as podcasters and also as individuals. You know, we're trying to make a show. Um, we are trying to put out the best we can for the content. No making. I'm not yet to make excuses. Uh, also, uh, my co-host, um, the main issue is, you know, because I like to be honest with the audience we've got, the main issue why Today Morning Takes was on break is because we're trying to like see how we could do the show with the two-man team still intact for we, we both have a life outside the podcast wall and also it's not something we are getting paid to do we are not discounting not wanting to do this we love pro wrestling we love coming here every tuesday morning to dissect and give you our takes on the show but also we still have a life to live out here so it was really difficult um doing that with us having different lives and also with walls apart i stay over here down here in the south south region of the country is out in the west western part of it so we connect online to get this done for you and we've been doing we did that for um a good seven episodes that's a good six months um, i said six months <laughs> two months plus of content and weekly um per se and we really loved doing what we loved uh what we put out there for you it was always something i look forward to every morning but right now is dealing with something in his career path in his academics and educational sector is the evolutionalist um id so id will be out of action uh on the podcast side of things for the um for a couple of months he will be back right in time for Royal rumble that is what he promised the audience and so i will be doing this solo going from now on till next year I know um, his take and his, his time with us was really one something that even I as a fan and also as his partner and co-host was really, really looking forward to. But nevertheless, the show must go on. So we will be here to give you the show every single week from now on going forward with me holding it down till ID comes back. And don't forget other shows and other segments on the podcast brand. We'll try to see how we can bring them back still so that we can have something out there on this space for you so um enough with all the you know, sentimental bullshit and all that so welcome to normally night raw of the tw- november 2023 episode that came live from the van andel arena in grand rapids michigan in united states uh, so um last week's show was a shocking one when uh last week's show like we did not review it for you but so we're trying to recap 
what happened um, the week before this week uh, with Drew McIntyre shockingly joining and helping Finn Balor to uh, and Damien Priest retain their championship against Cody and Jay Yates. And um, we have this, um, so he shockingly joined the Judgment Day. But um, this week was really uh, bizarre, kind of like weird in terms of like we all thought oh, he joined, but he, he had an opportunity to, you know, to come out and reflect on everything that happened so um we open with michael and with bread greeting the audience at home as you mcintyre waits in the ring so we are hearing from drew mcintyre a week after he supposedly joined judgment day so boo rains down on mcintyre as people uh, people online our twitter warriors were saying oh it was piped in i mean come on I mean, we've we've been down this road before, so um, as he explains, he's the most upset about uh, himself. He says he's been the same person he's been all this time, and says if you're a fan of this, then he doesn't need to explain himself. He says he gave Jay Uso something he never could give him, and tells Jay that despite wanting an apology from him, he never gave anyone backstage an apology of his own. McIntyre calls Cody Rose collateral damage and questions why he should get over the bloodline costing him the undisputed WWF Universal Championship at WWE Clash at the Castle. Now, what Drew is trying to talk about here was Clash of the Castle that happened September last year at Cardiff. Um, this show was one of the best shows out there. Like in our international audience, you know how they could, the, the fans were rabid there. And everybody some people some fans will give you a theory that that should have been the day the night the time that roman dropped off those titles for drew and some people say oh we would have just had drew in there in his home uh, in his home come home self and then maybe come back few weeks later roman gets it back and we'll still be back on the train but people forget to think that oh if roman were to was to drop that title or drop the belts then how effective would the cody uh, Rose lost and maybe how effective would be the the championship reign. I mean, Roman is not even here on the show and everything. So we, I mean, the theories are just crazy and rampant there. So that was what um, Drew was mm. referring to. So he talks about all the sacrifices he's made in his sixteen years he's been away from Scotland. Then says Jay and his family took that away from him in front of them. I mean, you can imagine you walking your ass off in another person's land and you get the opportunity to go back home and do something big and in front of all of your peers all of your family members all of your countrymen and then have somebody come ruin it for you tell me what you will do to that person i mean you you'll get to see this thread in another uh, scenario which i will have to get into later on the show he talks about um he says that should be everyone uh, he said that should be everyone's focus but instead everyone is focused on whether or not he's a member of judgment day i mean that was what all of us was here yeah, talking about last week throughout last week before morning around this uh last night he formally declares that he is not a member of their group uh oh but says he will be on their team in the men's war games match at wwe survival series he says Rhea ripley provided him an opportunity to meet jay in a cage and that was what interested him in making the alignments to be a part of judgment day he is just a part a cock in the wheel as they as the peeps will say uh he's just a cock in the wheel he's not a part of them so um jay jay's music hits 
and he makes his way down to the ring. He tells McIntyre he needs to let it go and hops on the... I mean, this let it go factor has been ramping around the whole block when it comes to Drew McIntyre. Everyone is saying, why is Drew so pissed? I mean, you are not the only person that has been wronged by the bloodline. We have a whole bunch of people, people like Cody, people like Randy, which we'll get into, people like um, Sheamus, people... She, has Sheamus even competed for that championship? I don't think. I'm not sure. I'm, I mean, Sheamus should be out of the picture. I mean, people like um, even Finn Balor should be pissed. I mean, De- Damien should be pissed. I think should he? I mean, Seth Rollins. I mean, we have a whole bunch of people that have been wronged by their bloodline, and Drew is just the one that has taken it a step uh, a notch. You know, like no, 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 no. You can't do this to me and come and succeed. So it's kind of like a jealous type of thing. Um, but in this context, the jealousy is like, oh, I had to walk my ass off after the rubbish people did to me a year ago. And this is you because they did the same to you and you get the treatment, the main event treatment. You come in here and the keys of the kingdom is handed over to you by the person that did. Like, it's crazy out there as uh, uh, for Drew McIntyre. So Jay said he should let it go and hop on the apron as Judgment Day does the same on the other side to provide McIntyre with some backup. We then we had um, Rollins come down, Sammy, Cody make their way down to the ring to even the odds. But before anything t- uh, turns physical, Adam Pierce intervenes and says no one is fighting outside of the War Games Advantage match tonight. He says that if anyone becomes physical with each other, then they lose the advantage for the team. He tells Rollins, Zane Rhodes, and Jay. That they need to pick the fifth member of the team by the end of the night and says by 9 p.m he needs to know which member of each team will be competing in the war games advantage match marketer exits the ring and judgment days follow suit so this situation is really crazy um it was a crazy night for the team of uh, cody rollins zane and um, also in terms of them not just having to think about okay who are we going to add on our team to make it the, the fifth man? And and also now they need to know who has uh, who can we put out there to go face Drew McIntyre for us to get an advantage for our team come Saturday at um, Chicago. So it was just a whole bunch of craziness for them. And with the ultimatum of them making that decision by 9 p.m. still on the show because the show is a three-hour show. My goodness gracious. And they need to make the, 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 the announcement. They need to let um, the, the GM know what they are doing and also choose the fit member before the end of the night. So it was a crazy night for them. Uh, we had Nia Jax come in and backstage we we see Priest expressing his frustration with not being consulted about Drew. I mean, this Priest issue with him wanting to be the leader of him mentioning himself as the leader. And you can see it in Mami's special expression like, I mean, she, it's just a ticking time bomb. So it's just a crazy time for Judgment Day for uh, at this time. So um, the previous presentation with not being consulted about Drew McIntyre being added to the Judgment Day War Games tag team. And Rhea Ripley apologizes for not letting him know. Priest suggests himself as the member of his team to take part in the War Games Advantage match. And Ripley tells him to wait until McIntyre arrives so they can all discuss it together. Back at the uh, back at ringside, Raquel and Nia Jax, you know, had a match, and I mean, the crowd was pretty well uh, into this. I did not really care much about it, to be sincere, because uh, I mean, nothing against the two women in there, but I mean, like, 
let's not just um to that so the bell rings and um uh, raquel delivers a boot to jack's face she fires off shoulders on her mix session but jack sends her crashing into the mat with Ranagi. um raquel fires off strikes but jack stays on her feet raquel then sends her crashing to the outside and delivers the crossbody of the apron jack's Sends her crashing into the barricade, spine first, and gets up on her shoulders. But it, this match was just um, one of the two ladies going for that. But um, Raquel, uh, Raquel, um, the final sequence of this match, you know, we see Ra- uh, Raquel gets um, Naya in a powerbomb position and everything. But Jax counters into a senton. She follows up with a second senton from the middle rope, and Jax came off the winner. But um, so that was just it about the women's match. And Naya Jax is still. With this, you know, face of fear type of stuff. Um, uh, no, no point intended on that one. Uh, back from the break, and we head to the lounge, the Judgment Day's lounge. We had Drew show up with Priest and tells Priest he has what he wants to. He wants to be the one competing in an advantage match. Ripley points out that Priest is the leader of the War Games team, and Marketer is the way Ripley puts this out there. Is the it, it like he's not literally calling him the leader of the of the group. He's just a the, the leader of the team, like and I'm not even sure Priest is picking up on those on those uh, like, um little notes there. Um, Ripley points out that Priest uh yeah, the the two get in the verbal exchange, but Priest backs down and offers the match to McIntyre. Ripley asks Priest if he's sure. Priest says he's he is as it uh, it provides Drew with an opportunity to show his worth. Oh. <laughs> so there was a recap video for um the women's war games match. Uh also I think we had a recap video for um Zaya Lee. Yeah, Zaya Lee. I mean she he has she she has a match with um the NXT women's champion um, Lyra Valkyria um on tonight's show on NXT. Uh so apart from the break we see Sarah Rollins, Sammy and Jay with Cody discussing which one of them should compete in tonight's this thing so jay volunteers to step up and although rollins is reluctant he agrees to let him be the one sammy then addresses their fit teammate and asks roots if smackdown roster members are off limits Rhodes says they aren't and zane says he has an idea rollins says he has a couple of ideas himself and Rhodes says he will make sure to call to make a protocol to someone who he knows oh someone he knows and you know who he knows so we had Becky Lynch and Zaya Lee having a match and the bell rings, the two lock up. Um, um, Lee lands a shoulder tackle but Lynch trips her up, coming with a chop. She flows up with a pair of arm drags and right hand off the apron and sends her face first bouncing off the apron. Back from the break, Lynch executes a jawbreaker and a pair of right hands. Lee fires back with one of her own but Lynch lands several rapid fire ones and boots on her mix session. She flows it up with a flying shoulder tackle and a splash in the corner then delivers the backsploder lee sends her crash into the middle uh, rope face first and delivers a roundhouse kick to, to the head lee clinches in an armbar lee escapes and um lee escapes and gets lynch up on her shoulders she then executes an airplane spin the two women find themselves teetering on the top rope where lynch fires off rapid right hands on lee she sends um she hits a superplex and set up for the manhandles slam, but Lee escapes and dumps her out of the ring. She joins her out there, and Lynch sends her crashing into the ring. Both face first, Lynch and Lee gets back into the ring, 
and fire right hand off lean then plant the with the manhandle slam for the win now this is what is going into tomorrow's match as the challenger for the nxt win and she loses i'm gonna i mean these are the things that pieces people like me off because i'm like i mean if we know we have something like this going in for a match or to a championship match for that matter tomorrow tonight and she is i mean how am i going to take her serious if she loses to becky the person that um valkyria beat you can't even beat who the champion beats to become champion i mean what are we doing <sighs> after the match um damage control makes their way to the ring through the crowd charlotte flair shotzi and bianca blindside them and all eight women begin to brawl security runs down to ringside area to separate everyone from one another and lynch belair flair and shotzi ends up standing tall in the ring so man it was a women hour on monday night raw we head backstage and see ludwig kaiser tells giovanni vinci to stay in the back during this upcoming match against Johnny Gagano, Kaiser and Gagano along with the Master Champion that makes their way out to the ring. So this was a match using Ludwig Kaiser. This was Johnny Gagano, Johnny Wrestling. The bearings and the two lock up. Gagano delivers a chop, but Kaiser sends him crashing into the mat and delivers a right hand to his spine. He then um, seconds one to his head, but Gagano catches him with a kick. Kaiser hits an overhead chop, but Gagano delivers a step up his gear. Kaiser sits Gagano on the top turnbuckle and hits an Izagiri of his own. And but Gagano catches him with an avalanche hurricane rana, delivers a kick that sends him crashing out of the ring. He looks to go flying, but Kaiser catches him. Kaiser catches him, he looks to go fly, but Kaiser catches him with the right hand and follows it up with a running uppercut back from the break. Gagano gets up, gets Kaiser up on his shoulders on the apron. Kaiser escapes and slides. Back into the ring, then catches Gagano with a strike and looks to level him. Gagano catches him with a spear and a top to pay uh, and a top suicide on the outside. Then looks for a DDT as he gets back in the ring. Kaiser gets up on his shoulders to counter, but Gagano escapes and lands a kick to the head. He delivers to the um, to another DDT of the middle rope and sits Kaiser on the top tomacle. But Kaiser delivers a kick to his face. Kaiser plans Gagano with his running center as Giovanni Vinci appears at ringside. Kaiser tells him to go to the back, opening the door for Gagano to eat a kick and a DDT for the win. Back from the break, we head back over to Shana Bay's lounge where Ripley and Dominic runs into Zoe Stark and Shana Bay's hanging out. A verbal exchange then ensues between Ripley and Starks. Candice, Liray and Indy Hadwell make their way down to the ring. Tiggy Knox, Natalia, Kaden, Carla, Kaden, Chance, Katana Chance, Maxine, Dupree and Ivy Nile follows. So we have a team, um, the Continental's match for the women's. I mean, it was a women's hour on Monday Night Raw. So this match was between, we had Ivy Nile with uh, Maxine Dupree teaming up with Katana Chance, uh, teaming up together to form a team of their own. We then had um, Natalia and Tiggy Knox in one team. We had Candace Luria and apart from Candace Luria and Indy Hartwell being like a part of a, a, a stable the way in NXT, Katana Chance and Kaden Carter are the only legitimate women's tag team here. The rest are just thrown together and for a championship that is practically 
blessed us that no one's gonna get cancer. But dead, dead, fucking dead. I mean, it's crazy how. Uh, uh, let's let's not go there. Let's not go there. Chelsea Green and Piper Naven joins the announced decks as uh, Niall uh, and Natalia begins the action. The bell rings and Natalia delivers the boots to Niall's midsection. She tags in Knox. And Knox lands a kick on her chest. Natalia tags back in and Naya delivers a pair of kicks on her thighs. Dupree tags in and rolls Natalia up, but Natalia kicks out. Dupree delivers a, a drop to O before Naya tags back in and cuts with a side Russian leg sweep by Natalia. Hardwell tags in. Hardwell tags in and delivers a body slam, then delivers an uppercut. I mean, this match was just everywhere. Let's just um, go to the last sequence of the match. Um, the ladies did pretty good job here. Give kudos to them. But um, Tegan Knox and Natalia actually came off winning this match, and they are the number one contender uh, for the championship. So we are backstage. We see Gunt- Tegan Knox and Natalia are the number one contenders for the women's tag team championship. WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. So that is that was the result for that match. We head backstage and we see Gunther catch up with Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Gunther asks Kaiser to explain himself and Kaiser says he told Vinci to stay backstage. Gunther tells Kaiser that he never listens and says he really thought Kaiser could uphold the prestige of Imperium. He applauds Vinci's efforts and says he thinks he puts the wrong person in charge. He tells Kaiser to watch how he handles the meat in the ring. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know what's going on here, but whatever's going on with the... the, the um, Imperial should just stop. This was one of the best um, segments on this show. Match and all. This was the, apart from the ending of the show, this was the best for me. I literally had goosebumps watching this because it was relatable. Not in like the wrestling context, but just as a human out here trying to make something for yourself, trying to make a name for yourself, trying to, to survive. And you have people that will always bully you, people that will always make you feel less than, people that will always make you like it was just fucking relatable. And the most shocking was in terms of like this is not just to the means like twenty years ago. Like we could not just I could not just only relate to the means twenty years ago, but also like wait he is twenty is a veteran now twenty years later a future Hall of Famer still getting bullied. Now let's get to the segment. Miz says he wants to talk about one word he feels the pro wrestling industry is about. Respect. Respect, he says. For the stars in the ring. Respect, he says. For the fans that pays their ticket to come here. But there is someone who lacks respect and that is Gunther. Gunther music hits and he makes his way down to the ring. He tells Miz that it's not that there's a lack of respect but rather that he has no respect for him. Zero. Z-H. He tells him that he doesn't understand the ring. The ring is for fighting because he, also, he doesn't understand the ring is for fighting because he's an entertainer. Miss, he said that too. And Miss says he's proud to be an entertainer because he gets it done in and out of the ring. He says many superstars of the past he looks to have the he looks up to have held the IC title and he hope and prayed to hold that same title he says the reason his heroes are remembered is because they aren't a one-note robot like gunther shade and says 
he's been knocked down from the top of the mountain time and time again he says he's been able to reinvent himself countless times and that and that that's what makes an entertainer immortal he says that he says that okay he says that's what makes that's what elevates the legacy of the inter the intercontinental championship and he will do whatever it takes to win he says no one knows about gunther and and that won't change until he hits the bottom when everyone can find out if he deserves their respect he tells gunther that he he doesn't understand that he will beat it into him gunther says everyone thinks he will be facing me at our series but he sees through him and he says he'll be facing mike mizanin he says all his heroes bullied him to make him understand that he doesn't belong in the pro wrestling on top of him already being taunted in high school and says 20 years later nothing has changed he tells me he belongs with the fans um he says he hasn't been bullied enough he shoves me repeatedly he tells me to do something i mean he was shoving me he was pushing me he was just starting shoving the title of his face he was just doing just about anything i mean if you did not get riled up i mean the fans were like chanting usa i mean nothing had to do that not had nothing to do with usa being involved in there it i mean it was more than that for me i mean usa and all it was more than that to me because like that was the man that you know tried he has means has me has no reason to prove himself but i mean gunther was really pushing and pulling and this got Gunther fired back. Uh, sorry, a miss to fire back strikes on Gunther. Gunther comes in with a big boot and then holds him in a place, forcing him to look at his title and taunts Miz and saying all sorts of things. But Miz low blows him. Gunther um, low blows Gunther to escape from Gunther's grabs. Then shows Gunther like you mean, come on, I have the big balls. What do we, what are you calling me, small ball, Mike? He score crushed um, um, Gunther and he grabs Gunther's title and holds it. And I mean, Michael was going out ape shit on this, and oh, waiting for all the weirdos. I mean, um, Michael, uh, I know you don't have to win points with the Twitter audience, but come on, weird weirdos, yeah. But man, like, if you really look into this, you really understand that it was more than a a USA fight. I mean, it was more than, I mean, this was somebody that has, since day one, tried to prove himself. I mean, me is an entertainer, me is someone. That is the safest, like that's what it is. He's the safest wrestler out there. I mean, Miz has been in this business for 20 years and he's never been injured, like injury, at on injury, that oh, surgery and everything. Then I mean, that's how safe Miz is. And people might look at that and be like, oh, he's oh, he's, like, look down on that and everything. But I mean, it is what it is. But we can't, I can't wait. This one of the matchups, like I know Miz has it in him to pull out a match out of his ass for us. So this one of the matchups I'm really uh, excited to witness on saturday to watch on saturday live uh several series at chicago just for the sake of the um the fact that these two the story is here so so we had shinsuke nakamura versus chad cable but yeah though i mean this nakamura i mean see I would really this one was the one I was really not into this. I'm like, I mean, Nakamura came off winning and everything, so I think we'll just have to go to the main event. And but before that, the back from the break, uh, backstage, 
um, we see Sami Zayn chanting, um, chatting with um, um, Seth and Zayn. He says the ideas didn't okay. They, they Zayn and Rollins said the ideas didn't pan out. Um, but could reveal that the person he called picked and the person is in. And Cole was even asking, "Who is that?" And Cole was like, "Please leave me. Me and Cole don't talk these days, so don't ask me anything because I don't know nothing." And you know, we had a match between Drew McIntyre versus Jay Uso for the advantage, uh, War Games advantage match uh, for their team. And the bell rings, and the pair stare one another down before exchanging right hands to each other. And McIntyre lands a stone, and then delivers the right hand to the side. Jay, um, Jay's young flies up. Jay then sends McIntyre crashing out of the ring. And goes flying to level him before sending him crashing into the ring post face first. Back from the break, McIntyre delivers a chop to Jay. Jay responds with several right hands and and Isiguri then flows it up with a crossbody off the top rope and looks to go flying to level McIntyre on the outside. McIntyre crashes catches him with his right hand and then sends him crashing into the barricade and ring apron. He gets Jay back inside the ring. And Jay catches him with an insecurity. He then lands a shoulder. He then lands. He then lands a shoulder on his mix section, but McIntyre knocks him back out of the ring and follows him. He sends him crashing over the announce decks. Back from the break, Jay fires off strikes on McIntyre. He follows it up with a super kick and a small end drop. Uh, McIntyre ascends to the top, but Jay moves out of the way. McIntyre manages to hit a. Uh, Neck breaker and nips up and sets up for the clear mode. Jay catches him with a super kick and sends to the top, but McIntyre trips him and kisses a future shock DDT for a surprise win. But that match was good. But it was after the match that was more interesting because McIntyre drags Jay out of the ring, clears the announced decks. He was, you know, wanting to, you know, finish everything off and, you know, maimed and wrecked him just like the boys had won Jay that, like, we acknowledge he wanted to go and fight. Yeah, um, Drew, but Drew is not just looking forward to have a match with you. Drew, Drew wants to take out his frustration on you, and that's dangerous for us because we need you. Just like Rollins said, we need you for the team because we can't afford to lose anybody right now. Not when we are lacking a fit member, you get. So, um, we had the rest of the boys run down to um, save the day. Um, then Rhodes grabs a mic and says he's glad Judgment Day has the advantage. He says they found a fit team of their own someone that he has a legacy with and the crowd went apeshit because they know who does he has a legacy legacy is a pun an, an intended pun for the the team of randy i know you heard it right here randy freaking orton cody Rhodes, and ted DiBiase's son um I, I, i've forgotten the name but DiBiase's son was also part of the leg they did known as the legacy they were the third generation, I mean the second generation of their family. Uh, their, okay, the, the legacy of their family. Randy, a uh, third uh, generation superstar. Cody, a second generation superstar. Ted DiBiase, a second generation superstar. So, led by the third generation superstar. So, it's just crazy. And the crowd started ch- cheering for Randy Orton. And Rose tells Judgment Day, they, they, aren't, they aren't hearing voices. No, no it's more hearing, inherent. They are hearing voices in their heads because the crowd is right. And that was amazing because they announced by not announcing. Because, I mean, what would they have done? Kept the surprise till um, Survivor Series when we know we're going to be in the home turf of one field. 
No, not CM Punk. So the crowd already hijacked the show. So they need to tell us. But I like the fact that Randy was not there because I mean the crowd was already ready for him to come. But why would you have Randy come back a year and later just to come in the random Monday Night Raw? I mean the pop would be massive with Randy coming out as of our series. But I like the fact that the announcement was made and we knew that he was coming. He was the fifth member and without even being mentioned but the story is clear it is official uh, just like adam pierce would say it's official randy freaking Orton is the fifth member for team cody and also um to top it off man if you saw the look from jay uso i mean talk about you knowing that now the crazy thing for me right now my excitement level right now for Survivor series is not the fact that um randy is the fifth member for the team and it to be oh now the team is complete the intrigue is in the fact that what is going to happen when randy goes face i mean randy is going to go short i mean he has an issue with history with um drew mcintyre in, in the in the being part of the judgment day but man Nobody is even saying anything about the fact that Jay is in deep trouble. Because eight month, um, a year and ago, last year, May, who were the people who was one of the three main three men that took out Randy freaking Orton and sent him on a storyline injury, a storyline of the storyline, but the legitimate injury that happened with Randy, who was the one that took him out, the part of the three men that took him out. I mean, it was Roman, Jimmy, and Jay. Is repeated now, but does Randy know that? Would Randy care? I mean, it's a viper for, for for a reason. What will happen if Randy gets to see the man that was part of the three people that took him out of action for a year and I mean, count May, June, July, August, September, October, November, a year and six months, almost two years, he was out of action because of you and your brothers and your cousins, <laughs> bro. We uh, uh, you ain't ready because all of us are just excited about oh Randy Randy but nobody um, I mean I don't know because I love what the camera angle they did because the look on Jay's face when he knew that uh oh Randy is now part of the team and I fucking wronged him I mean he should start sending um apology cards apology letters sending voice notes call him up go find a way to meet up with him just try to settle this before Saturday because if Randy gets to see him before he gets to send an apology my god I am not going to you know I, I am having my popcorns ready my meals ready everything ready for Saturday because um it spells doom for Jay right now you thought Drew was looking for to kill him let's just wait till the Viper gets here so it's really crazy and uh, that was it for Monday Night Raw at Grand Rapids, Michigan. And that was it for the Go Over Show. I mean, this show, the show was solid tonight, and I really loved it. And I mean, sorry once again for my coast. I did not be here, but for going forward, is how we're gonna be doing this until I did get here. Thank you so much. I assume in your host Samuel Lyon. This was Tuesday Morning Takes here on the Chronicle Podcast, as part of Spotify Podcasters as our own um, anchor. You know what I did there. Thank you so much. You have come to the end of this episode on The Chronicle Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share, and watch out for our forthcoming episodes. Thank you for listening to The Chronicle Podcast. Thank you, and God bless.